Esme. She's a queen. This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She's a queen. Go queen. of the Q Chat. Today, my special guest is Miss Christina Flack, and Christina is a celebrity makeup and hair artist. She is also the creator and CEO of Pretty Girl Makeup, but it doesn't stop there. Christina has a great mission that we want to talk about, and also a bunch of other different things. She's a busy single mom, and she has a lot of tips and things that we're going to talk about on how to live your life and not be so overwhelmed, and of course, my favorite topic, self-love. So how are you doing today? Great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so happy to talk with you. So I wanted to start first, actually, now with your celebrity, sorry, Pretty Girl Makeup. You work with a lot of celebrities and a lot of notable brands such as Oscar-winning actress Hilary Swank, Condoleezza Rice, The Food Network, Macy's, Neiman Marcus, Louis Vuitton, and I'm only naming a few of these people. So how did you get started? Have you, have you always had a passion her hair and makeup. I just want to hear some history on how you got started with Pretty Girl Makeup. Well, I was a tomboy growing up and my mother had uh, stage four uh, brain cancer. And so she was incredibly beautiful, but she had, her skin got discolored. She lost her hair. And one night she was going out with, to dinner with my dad and I wanted to make her look like the best she could look. And so I you, she didn't have all that much makeup and I had no skills, but I somehow managed to make her look, but actually feel like her, her normal self. And so I just, it really resonated with me how that made her feel. And so I, growing up, I would do people's makeup here and there. And then as I got older, I would get, you know, do a wedding. And then I worked with some photographers and then little by little, I, I don't even know how it happened, but I got a portfolio together and I got my first agents. And so it was pretty exciting. Um, to, I was signed with uh, Ford New York. They have an artist division. So that was pretty exciting. And I, my first big thing was a visa commercial. And so that was very cool. And it just kind of happened from there. I, you know, you're a makeup artist and then you're not really a celebrity makeup artist till you get some celebrities. So, <laughs> um, you know, I worked with Journey and Metallica and Tucker Carlson and uh, Condoleezza and Tyler Florence and all these amazing people. And I act, my agent actually just called today to say that I am confirmed on Friday to do Rita Moreno uh, for People Magazine. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, wow. She's 90 years old. Can you believe that? Yes, she is. I, I can't believe it either. And I know she was in the, the new version of West Side Story. And I'm like, wow, she's ageless. You know? she's, she's beautiful. So I'm really excited to meet her on Friday that I'm doing okay. her, um, her daughter and her makeup. So that'll uh, be fun. Yeah. That's great. So with Pretty Girl Makeup, so how did you dive into having your own business and creating Pretty Girl Makeup? Well, I am a mother of five. And I was constantly driving around with a water bottle and 
putting on lip gloss, drinking water. It was just this like constant battle. And then I couldn't find one that stayed on long enough. So I thought, well, I'm going to invent my own. I thought it was going to be just this like really quick process, but pardon me. Um, it, it took over a year to formulate the formulation, the texture, and then the colors um, of the line. I was self-funded at the time. And so I didn't have like a bajillion dollars to create. So I had, you know, seven colors. And so I wanted them all to look good on all my friends and family and customers. Uh, and so I tried it on all of them. Every, all my friends and family are different shades of the rainbow. And so I wanted to make sure that the pinks all look good on someone or the red. So it, it took quite a while to get the correct formulation. And then it took time to get the colors right. So it, it was a lot longer, but I tell my kids this all the time, figure out what you love doing so much that you won't mind not making any money and then figure out how to make money because at the, you know, anytime you start a business, it, there's money goes in and not money is coming out of it. So you really have to enjoy the process a lot because you're not getting paid. So you really have to enjoy it. And so I did really enjoy the beginnings of Pretty Girl. And it was fun having the combination of doing my photo shoots, but then it being able to work from my home office running my business. So it's been a, a great company for me to have uh, as a mother. Awesome. So speaking of that, you mentioned that you have five children. So one of the things that I picked up with, you know, doing my research with you that you are a busy mom and career woman, and you prove that you can do it all while being present in each sweet moment. So being a mother, and I know you're a single mother right now, how do you find that balance and what is your advice? Because so many women right now that doing great things, especially since the pandemic. Right now we're in the great resignation. A lot of people are leaving their traditional jobs and starting their businesses. So of course, women are juggling a lot, families, being entrepreneurs. How do you advise finding that balance? Well, I think I am single mother, but my kids are all pretty grown up. So I can't really say I'm like a real, like I don't have like little kids. My oldest is 28, one is 20, uh, Melania is 28, Rose is 26, Nikolai is 21 and Ben is 15. So um, I have one that I share half the time with his biological father. My husband, Ken Flack, um, was a professional tennis player and he passed away in 2018 from sepsis. So um, I have been, uh, I'm a widowed single mother. So that's kind of a weird thing. I didn't expect to be uh, widowed at such a young age. So we uh, plan and God laughs. It's a book that I read and it's a really good, it's a very appropriate title for uh, for life sometimes. I, I had planned, my life seemed perfect to me. My I married the love of my life and I had a great career and my kids were great. And, and then he got sick and, and passed away from sepsis in a matter of days. So life is a, an interesting journey sometimes. Right. So speaking of, and, you know, of course, you know, you've mentioned your loss that you experienced with your husband. And I know that's one of your missions now is regarding sepsis. Can you give us some information just for people that's not familiar also with sepsis and also the foundations and everything that you're doing to bring awareness? So sepsis is an infection of the blood that attacks your vital organs. And it starts from some sort of an infection in your body. Uh, my husband, for example, had uh, bronchitis, which turned to pneumonia. 
His doctors at Kaiser Permanente did not see him. They diagnosed cough medicine with codeine and inhaler and no antibiotic to counter the infection. So cough medicine with codeine can be incredibly dangerous if you're if you do have an infection growing in your body because your it suppresses your breathing so the infection just grows at an unstoppable rate. So uh, sepsis, the thing with sepsis, it shuts your organs down. So I, if people would like to go to sepsis.org to read, to find out more information about it, they can scroll down to the middle of the page and there's like a timetable that says time. T is for temperature. You can be incredibly hot or incredibly cold. I is for infection in some place in your body. M is for mental decline. It's kind of hard to rouse them. It's starting to affect their mind. And E is for excruciating pain. Uh, you feel like you're dying because you are dying. Sepsis is a relentless, unforgiving drug uh, disease. It my husband, we called the doctor Wednesday, Thursday morning, 16 hours later, he was on life support. And so it's, it's one of those things where, you know, how we always go to bed and say, Oh, if I don't feel better in the morning, I'm going to go to the doctor. Well, if you have any of those signs, go to the doctor, get a blood test, get on an I, you know, they'll give you an IV antibiotic and, and you'll survive. But if you don't, you'll have an outcome like we had. And it's, I don't want anyone to lose their love, whether it be a husband, wife, child, friend, no, it's just doesn't need to happen. So it's been really therapeutic for me to, during this grieving, it's going to be four years in March that Ken has passed. And so it makes me feel good to help others not have the same outcome that I've had. And so it's kind of segued into this grieving in a positive way. So my son, Bo, had passed away on Christmas Day 15 years ago, and we started the Baby Bo Fund at the Northern Lights School in Oakland, California. And it's a predominantly, uh, it's a private school for predominantly minority children that can't afford the school, but they're all there on scholarship, 90%. And so I am so proud that we are raising money for that. My twins, twin, <laughs> Ben, uh, for the last five years has been raising money for his Brothers Foundation. All my kids have helped at some capacity at the school, whether it be a, tea, a Teddy Tea Party or, or at the golf tournament. And Ben raised $36,000 in October, which means that three children are going to be able to go to private school for a year, which is amazing. He's raised over $100,000 in the last five years. So I'm very proud of that. After Ken passed, we started a Ken Flack Fund as well. And then we started a garden at the Edna McGuire School with my friend Lisa Zimmer. Uh, it's an outdoor classroom named after Bo, but there's fruit trees and vegetables. And so the kids are able to plant seeds and watch them grow and then harvest them and, and do science experiments and cook with it. And so I just think it's really important for kids from a young age to have that experience with fresh fruit and vegetables so that they, on their own, will make a healthier choice with food. And throughout their life, they're going to be much more inclined because they've done it from a younger, from a young age. And oftentimes you're a mother, you know, you know, kids will listen to other people mm -hmm. much more than they'll listen to us. So I, I feel really good about that. And, you know, the grieving process is obviously never an easy one. Um, right. I, you know, at the beginning, it was so hard to just function. I missed him so much and I couldn't sleep. And when you're tired, 
everything in the world is magnified so much worse. So I really note after my son Bo passed, I really realized this time with Ken that I couldn't go down that dark path. I just couldn't. I couldn't take any sleeping pills in the day to numb myself. I had to just feel it and deal with it because how I conduct myself affects my children. It affects my business partner, my family, my friends. And so I kind of had to put on my bootstraps really high and wake up and have a green juice, go to yoga, pray, meditate, and make sure I didn't get too hungry, too tired, too thirsty, or not get any exercise. And if I could do all of those during the day, it really helped with my grieving. And I also read a book. Um, God, I must, my caffeine kicked in. I'm on a roll here. <laughs> I, uh, I had gone to grieve camp. Uh, my girlfriend took me and it was very painful and hard to deal with because grieving is not a pleasant process. It's just not. And we as a culture are just very, we're ill-prepared on how to deal with grief. We have all these yeah. things like, I don't want to die. I'm scared. It's bad. It's all this stuff. And so I've kind of had to learn to manage my grief. You don't get over it. I'm, I, I don't think I'll ever get over the loss of my son or my husband, but I have to, I've learned to manage my emotions with that. And obviously there's highs and lows, but I know that I can only think that my husband looking down on me would just not want to see me. I had, a, I was on a hike one day and I could hear my husband saying to me, watching you lying in bed, crying at night is just killing me. Like I can't take it. And I, I, I can't comfort you the way I normally would if I was there. And I thought about that. Like, how would I feel looking down on him or my kids just so miserable at, if I wasn't you know, there anymore. So I just thought the best thing I can do is try and help others try to be grateful for what I had, the time with Bo, the time with Ken and cherish those memories and just try to find joy and happiness in my new normal because my old mm. normal doesn't exist. Yeah. I know you mentioned that and right now grief is so common for everyone. You know, people are experiencing loss at rates that, you know, people just weren't expecting to lose friends and family. And we're just seeing grief on a daily basis. We're seeing death on a daily basis. And I know one of your points was grief with grace. And as you mentioned, you lost your mother, you lost your son, you lost your husband, and you've learned how to, like you said, deal with the new normal. What advice would you have for other people who they sometimes keep grieving something that, like you said, grieving never really ends for people, but some people really don't know how to really navigate that new normal without the person that they cared and loved for, you know, it's right. hard. So what would you say to someone that really, they can't get to the new normal, you know, they can't find a way to cope and they're really struggling. What would you say to just encourage someone to, you know, hopefully get to that stage where they can adjust to the new normal? I would say it took a lot of discipline and strength. I would say probably I would read the book, We Plan and God Laughs by Rabbi Sherry Hirsch. It was really incredibly helpful to me and kind of make a schedule for yourself of like, okay, I'm going to wake up at seven o'clock. I'm going to have coffee or, and I'm going to go on a hike or I'm going to have a green juice and try and plan out your day. So the night before, so you can 
not have to just, if you're feeling like in a funk, I don't know what to do. I don't know to do. Well, my schedule says to do that. That kind of helps get onto a positive routine. Exercise is so important. Getting fresh air, not just sitting around. It's, and just know there are different places you can go. You can speak to someone, you know, at your church or your temple or a therapist or a grieving group. There's so many resources out there that I would encourage you, you know, you may need an antidepressant for a minute. Um, you know, it, you just have to know you're not, I think we also, there's a little bit of guilt that we have like, wow, I'm alive. I, I survived. I didn't die. Um, and, you know, we can't feel guilty for living. Everyone has a journey on this planet and sometimes it's longer than others. And we have to, I think, give it, be our best self and inspire others. And I think for me, my charity work, doing, speaking on these podcasts about grieving in a positive way, raising awareness for sepsis, it helps besides running my business and doing my photo shoots, it helps me to really have gratitude that I'm able to have this platform because of who my husband was <clears throat> and obviously some of my accomplishments. But I think I've, I've just tried to be grateful. My daughter said to me one day after my husband died, mom, you have to be grateful for the time you had with daddy. You can't be angry and mad. It's just, and so when, when you're, if you can think of a, you know, maybe keep a gratitude journey journal. Um, there's so much to be grateful for. And, and you really do have to be grateful. What a blessing. You know, I, oh, I saw this quote once. It was like, what God, why did you take away this person from me? And, and God said back, how about you thank me for having that person at all? And mm -hmm. I think if we can look at these sorrows from, from that perspective of, of gratitude, obviously it's hard and you have to retrain your brain to, okay, I'm grateful for my children. I'm thank you for my, I'm grateful for my health, my work. If you can keep kind of doing these mantras of what you're thankful for. And I do some every day of in sets of three, like um, I accept and expect miracles. The universe loves me. I receive love easily from others. I deserve to be loved and adored. Um, I am successful. I'm grounded. I'm determined. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm loved. I'm grateful. I do that over and over. I'm kind of brainwashing myself, <laughs> but it, it has helped. So I guess you have to figure what works for you, but I don't think you're honoring your loved one by being miserable and angry and not trying to find love again, whether it be a new, you know, mate or a friend or something. It's just, the world can be such an amazing place. You just have to decide to make it be amazing. Mm, that is so beautiful what you said. Do you ever have moments where you need to use some redirection? You know, like you may have some down periods where oh. you have waves of grief. Like how do you of manage course. that? How oh. do you manage that? Do you have any particular go-to, you know, affirmations or exercises to get out of those stages? I just, we, I have just, won a lawsuit, a malpractice lawsuit last Friday um, over my husband's death. And the I sued Kaiser Permanente in California and the judge ruled in my favor. Mm -hmm. And so I always knew that they did not do right by my husband, that, you know, it's because of them that he's not here. And to see a judge ruling in my and my Ken's kids' favor was 
remarkable, but it was also really emotional. It just felt like, oh my God, he really didn't have to die. And it, oh, it hurt so much. Yeah. And I'm usually really good on these things and I don't cry, but yeah. mm -hmm. it, it just feels like, oh, you know, the world lost an amazing person. Yeah. When my husband went up to heaven and I'm sorry. No, um, it's, it's hard. And yeah. so believe me, this weekend was kind of hard. It was so weird because it was like my husband and our first date anniversary on the 12th, I got the judgment on the 11th. So I felt, and my birthday was the 13th. And mm -hmm. so it felt to me like my husband was giving me this gift of the, you know, winning this lawsuit, but that, that I had fought because I want there to be change in the medical system that every patient needs to be seen. You can't, doctors can't treat patients over the phone. There's going to be loss of life and there shouldn't be. So I felt really good about that, but it's definitely an emotional time. And so this weekend was kind of hard. I, you know, yeah. I felt sad. And so I think you just have to know it's, I, I know now when I get into these moods that I feel sad and depressed and lonely, I just take a minute. Okay. Go for, get some exercise. Have I eaten? Have I had water? Did I, you know, say some, you know, things I'm grateful for lay down, take a nap, go take, I think I went and took a hot bath with lavender. <laughs> uh, I went and saw some friends. I, I read my book. I don't know. I turned on some mindless TV. I think I watched billions and just, I knew, I know, I know that these moments will pass. I just have to figure out a way to self soothe so, until it does. So mm -hmm. today, for example, I had an interview earlier today. I went to um, Pilates, which I'm in California. And so it was outside. The machines was outside on the roof. But it was great because I got some fresh air and worked out. So that all those things help, but it definitely you need to be disciplined and you just have to know that moment is going to pass. It will get better and then it's gonna get bad again. It's not gonna, it, mm. I can just promise you it the grief, the pain, it's never gonna fully go away. It will, you might hear a song. I, the other day on my, I live uh, in, in an apartment and on my deck was um, an eagle. And it was like, that was my husband's like favorite bird. And I'm like, mm. oh my God. And that was the day of the ruling of the thing. And I thought, oh, my husband is so here. And so, mm. you know, you, I hear a song sometimes it'll make me happy, sad. Right. And so mm -hmm. I'm very thankful. I have my children. I'm thankful for my family and friends. And I am grateful that I have a career that I love so much. So mm -hmm. I have a lot to be, you know, I heard a lady, uh, someone was interviewing me once and I was in the green room waiting and I heard her saying that, oh, I have a special guest and she's had the most tragic life. And I thought, oh, I wonder who that is. And she said my name. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> um, you know, I was so shocked to hear that she thought I had, I, I said, so when I came on, I said, you know, I'm sorry, but I need to say something before we begin. I heard you say that I had a tragic life and you're wrong. You're very mistaken. I've had a very blessed life. I've had yeah. tragedies, 
but I am not tragic because that would have meant that I've given up and mm. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up on love, my work, my kids, my friends. I'm not giving up. So it's very different to have tragedies in life and very different to have a tragic life. Yes. Yes. I'm so happy that you said that. And I, I really appreciate your transparency with what you just mentioned. And I love how you said you experienced some tragedies, but you haven't had a tragic life. And I think that that type of thinking it what, is what can shift how we navigate life, how we can navigate disappointments. You know, a lot of us right. deal with disappointments and we take those disappointments, we may internalize them. Oh, I've had a terrible life. Like you said, some of us have experienced tragic loss and some of us will program our brains to say I've had a tragic life. So I really, really appreciate how you said you've experienced some tragedies, but you haven't had a tragic life. What are some things that you think you can say to someone to maybe just practice some redirection? Because sometimes we really, we take certain, we take bad events, you know, heartbreaking events, and we just use that as the sum total of our life, you know, and sometimes it's really hard to see the positive in life. What are just some things you can say maybe to help somebody to maybe point out some positive points in their lives as opposed to maybe, you know, holding on to the hardships and not seeing anything else. I think that's the thing that is kind of hard for some people is to see the positivity in their life, regardless of their situation. Well, I think you have to decide you want, you're choosing to be happy. You know, you really have to choose happiness. If you, you can look at the world two ways, amazing or absolute crap. And so I try to take a minute, sit down and write down three things you're grateful for, or five things you're, that are positive in your life. You, if you look hard enough, they're there. You, it could be your friends, your family, your work, there's stuff there. And if it's not figure out what brings you joy. I have always told my kids, I think I'm, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but figure out what you love doing so much that you, mm. like you wake up in the morning and you can't wait to get to work. And if you, you know, and I honestly feel I was interviewed not too long ago about, it was about starting a business and, and, you know, are you, are you, were you afraid to fail? And honestly, to me, not trying is failing. Mm -hmm. So try like you're not failing if you're trying you're you're learning you're these are all lessons and if one thing doesn't work try something else it's not a failure it's just a lesson it's a stepping stone to getting to where you're going to be your next place in life so i think it's you know today i was having kind of a hard you know couple days and then my agent called with like how cool that i'm gonna meet rita moreno and she's gonna be my new client like Mm -hmm. That was a blessing I'm so grateful for. And it's a sunny blue sky day. And I'm going to see my youngest son today. And I have my dog sitting here in my office with me right now. And I get to chat with you. There's so many things, but you have to choose them. But and I mean, it, it would be so easy. It's, it's as easy as someone deciding to be positive about, wow, I have my favorite drink here and I'm in my office. I lit a candle or I could go, everything's horrible. My husband died. My baby died. My business died. Like it's a choice and no one wants to, be, it's amazing how different when your energy shifts to the positive, to the light, how your luck changes. Mm, that, it does. That, it I does. 
If you're going to, you know, if you're going to be around, no one wants to be around negativity. And I think part of the reason I do get hired for jobs is because I have a good attitude. I have a good work ethic. I don't complain. I'm, I never, even now after all this time, and I've had such amazing clients and my company, I go on set, like when I started and I'm excited to be there and I'll help the photographer or I will help the stylist or I'll get my clients some tea or whatever. I, I, it never is not fresh and refreshing for me to be on set or I ever think, oh, I'm too good for this. And I never, I will never be that person because I, mm-hmm. I think that is such an ugly uh, quality that I don't mm-hmm. ever want to uh, be, you know, thought of as difficult or um, unpleasant or, you know, mm-hmm. But that's a beautiful way to view life, you know, and it will lead to happiness. Speaking of your business, you know, like I said, you have pretty girl makeup and you have this amazing thing that's happening this upcoming Friday, working with such a legend. What's next with your business? Or what are the future goals with pretty girl makeup that, you know, we can look forward to and we should be looking out for it? So my partner, Jordan Hall, and I, um, we are very excited. We are starting a new company with two sets of investors, and we are going to Denver uh, March, beginning of March to meet with our investors and solidify our, our new company, which we're super excited about. We're going to have a new skincare line with CBD, with nano-infused, which is amazing for anti-aging, you know, inflammation, and, you know, for high, super hydrating. So we're excited about that. And you know, I'm looking forward to my agent booking more jobs that are fun. Uh, I think I'm going to be doing, we're waiting on the Food Network to approve a TV show with Tyler Florence. We're going to do, and we just did a pilot a couple months ago. So we're excited about that. And I'm excited about just having some, maybe a little downtime after mm-hmm. the lawsuit and all this other stuff to just maybe take a little, I want to take my kids on a special trip this summer mm-hmm. and I, I don't know what adventures are in store for me. I'm just open to seeing what uh, God has in store. I don't know, but I know I'm going to have some fun adventures. Yes, and have an excitement for it. That is absolutely a great thing. So one of my last questions is, we've talked about, you know, just taking care of ourselves, having a positive outlook and mindset towards life, no matter what circumstances life may throw us. In addition, you have a career that works in, you know, makeup, making people feel great. I know I'm a woman who I feel great when, as we refer to having a nice beat, a nice fresh face. How do you relate self-care, the physical side of self-care with just having a positive mindset, being happy? You know, we talk about a lot of different things, self-love, which I'm going to ask you about next, but the actual physical portion of it, making yourself feel great taking care of your body, your skin. How important do you think that is in just helping people feel positive, taking care of the physical aspect of themselves and you know, looking at the importance of self-care? I think that self-care is incredibly important. I work with this energy healer. Her name is Diane and she's in Canada. And she has taught me that you can't give an orange unless you have a basket of oranges to give. And so mm-hmm. we as a culture... I think we feel guilty if we take time to go on a walk or take a nap or eat well, or it's so important. You can be a better mother, a better business person, a better friend, a better everything. When you feel that you're rested, that you've exercised, that you've 
eaten well. And it's not selfish. Um, we're visual people. I know for myself, just, and I can tell by people that I've done makeup for that they feel, you know, I, I'm not saying that makeup isn't super, yes, it may be say feel superficial, but it actually can transform someone that isn't feeling like, for example, my mother, when I did her makeup, or I just did a pro bono makeup lesson for a, a 14 year old girl that had never, didn't know how to do makeup. Her mother sent me a note and said, you have no idea my daughter has so much more confidence and is just feels different. And so I even know for myself, like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, good Lord, you got hit with the ugly stick, like get, you know, so I, you know, it does make me feel better when I feel like I look like the best version of me. And it's also super important what you put into your body. Your skin is all about you know, if you put healthy things in, your skin is going to look better. If you don't drink a lot of alcohol, if you're not in the sun, it it's super important um, taking care of your skin. And I, I think the world would be a better pace if everyone gave themselves an hour a day for exercise and, and planning your meals a bit so that if you go out, you're not you know grabbing a candy bar because you're hungry. It does take a tad, like when I go on set, I end up having, I wake up a bit earlier because I make sure I have my waters, my green juice, some raw almonds, you know, some fruit, a power, you know, a bar to eat. So it, it takes a bit of planning, but, and, and discipline, but I feel so much better. Like when I travel, when I stay on my regular schedule, a lot of people that travel have a hard time exercising or eating well, but it's just you have to decide that you're going to do it. And it's not, it's what's the difference if you're home or you're, you know, traveling, there's no difference. You still have to order food or exercise. So it, mm -hmm. it's, it's a choice, but I think it's a very important choice. And I think the benefits are enormous. Yes, I agree. And I think, you know, sometimes people do feel guilty about this, the external part of yeah. taking care of, you know, or like makeup, I think, I know some people do view it as being superficial, but I feel like anything that gives a person confidence uh, just makes them feel- Yeah, why is that superficial? Why is it Why is it bad to look like the best version of you? Right. It's, right. it's ridiculous. And, you know, people, I'm sorry, but people that look like the best versions of themselves are end up being a little happier. They end up being a little more successful because people want to be around them. It's, it's the energy. It's not per se that- I'm so beautiful. It's how I make someone feel when they're with me. And so I, I, I heard this really great podcast with LeBron James and he was saying how as a culture, we don't, we brag that we slept four hours, that we didn't sleep enough. And he is a really strong uh, believer in naps. He says that, you know, he sleeps like 12 hours and then wakes up and then figures out when he's going to have a two hour nap. And that is why he's had this long career, but why he looked so youthful because we really, it's sleep. We are so sleep deprived as a culture. We really are. I try to get to bed, you know, sometimes at seven 30, eight o'clock, I'll go lay down and read and I'll be in bed till six 30. And cause I do wake up in the night. I'm not, and I, I don't sleep through the night. So I know I'm going to wake up and read, but the rest is really, really important. Mm. So my next question, my last question is, 
my platform is about self-love. Self-love really is the tool to having a positive mindset, being happier, looking at the highs as opposed to just the lows in our lives. Self-love is just a fuel for us to have a better life and to be the best version of ourselves. So how important has self-love been in your life, you know, in your journey, having that grace over grief? How has self-love just helped you be who you are? Because you have like a very strong story you know like you said you've experienced tragedies but you definitely have not experienced a tragic life and you really do have a beautiful perspective on life and seeing a positive side of life so how has self-love helped you get to where you are right now I think it really has I have to tell myself like I wake I did a, a, um, a photo shoot with a woman that wrote this book and I can't remember what it was called but she says that you need to wake up and the first thing you do every morning is say good morning, Christina, I love you. Or whatever your name is, say, I love you and kind of hug yourself and start the day like that. It's important to love yourself. Because, and it was so interesting. A friend of mine said to me after Ken died, you know, you are so loving and kind and generous to everyone in the world except yourself. And I thought, what do you mean? She goes, you are so hard on yourself. You just like beat the hell out of yourself. Like, Treat yourself, and I think that would be advice, treat yourself the way you treat others. And I've learned to be kinder to myself. And that's really helped. When I've changed my attitude about me, about how I love myself, it's not being arrogant. It's just like being the best version of me and knowing that I, if I love me, I can love my kids or my friends or whoever better, because why would, how can, it has to start with loving yourself. If you don't love yourself, how are you going to love anybody else? Right, right. Definitely right. Thank you so much for this conversation. Like I said, thank I really you. love your energy. I just think you have a beautiful outlook on oh, life. I just love how you really embrace just truly seeing the best in life, you know, no matter what has happened. And I just really, I just really feel like it's just a very sweet energy that I feel from you. Oh, and I thank you. You've been so kind. You have a beautiful so light about it as well. But before oh. we do end everything, tell everyone how they can connect with you, how they can find more information about your foundation. Just tell everyone all your contact information. Okay, well, if you would like to see my portfolio, go to christinaflack.com. If you want to buy some lip gloss, prettygirlmakeup.com. We're also offered, Jordan and I are offering a 25% discount with discount code prettygirl at the checkout. Uh, let's see, Instagram is Christina Flack Makeup and Pretty Girl is P R E T T Y G I R L M K U P. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Let's see where else. And, um, Oh, the foundation. So at the Northern Light School in Oakland, California, uh, the northernlightschool.org, I think it is, there's, if you scroll to the bottom, there is a donate page and the school runs solely on grants and donations. So any amount, a dollar is helpful. So, and um, yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. Tina, and much success to you. And thank you so much. I just, it's amazing that you're meeting an icon like Rena. Rita Moreno. I, I know. How cool, right? Awesome. I know. I'm really excited. I'm very honored. That's a big deal. Yes, that is a huge honor. And it's definitely a big deal. Thank you so much. And like I said, congratulations on your accomplishment that's taking Thank place you. Friday. 
I wish you much success. And like I said, I really did appreciate your light. And I just love the message that you have. Well, thank you for having me. You've been such a love to interview me. Thank you. Thank you. I was really touched speaking with Christina just now. And she said something that really struck with me, how she said that she experienced some tragedies in life that she did not have a tragic life. And I really think just that mindset that she had and still has in order to navigate through her grief and have grace through grief is really inspiring. And if you think further, just to have grace in our lives in general, I've been a victim of that, where I've looked at so many of the bad things that's happened in my life that I really went through a stage where I could not appreciate anything positive. So just for her to say that she's experienced tragedies, but she has not had a tragic life, I think that's something that we all can think about, is just to not harp on anything bad that has happened, to accept what has happened, and we're going to have some bad days. You know, I have started a positive platform, but I would like for people to understand none of these conversations are to give people the false impression that life is just supposed to be great 24 7 and that being positive means that you don't have bad days being positive means that you don't experience sadness that's definitely not the message that we're trying to give out with this platform we all have bad moments we experience some tragedies we experience grief we experience bad things but like she mentioned, she's had tragedies, but she has not had a tragic life. It's really just about how we view things and how we can move forward. So I hope you guys really pick up on some le lessons from Christina Flat. She has a very, very, very sweet story. I really just appreciated her energy and her life. So you can catch this episode and many more and some great conversations from people just like Christina entrepreneurs, people that have experienced loss, but people who have also found that light. So just go over to www.thekeychat.com to connect and to learn more. There's merchandise, there's accessories, there's the blog. We have so much more just to go into the self-love world that we're trying to create. So just make sure you remember to go love yourself and please be safe. Thank you. Go queen, go queen, go queen, go represent. You're a queen, you're a queen.